Welcome to Teachings in the Air. air, air. podcast with Jerry Oldman, coming to you from Hunkameenum Territory with a podcast series about indigenous men's health and wellness. We aim to inspire, motivate, and empower indigenous men to be sound in mind, body, and spirit, because that's what health means. Ah. Uh-huh. 
Hello, this is Jerry Oldman coming to you with more teachings in the air from Hunkaminam Territory, the territory of the Muskiam people. We're in a place I call Richmond, but we all know the truth. It's Hunkaminam Territory, unceded territory of the Hunkaminam peoples, the Coast Salish peoples. That's the truth, and it's been told around Vancouver. I hear it, and I go to conferences and meetings. Welcome to the unceded territory of the Muskiam people. And I'm so happy for that acknowledgement, that piece of truth. Today, I want to share with you my thoughts on this podcast, and I'd like to call it Free Yourself Through Empowerment. You know, when I think of that word, free yourself, what are we going to free ourselves of? You know, um, where's the chains? What's locking us up now? If we're not in prison, we're not in residential school. You know, what's, what do we need to be free of? And the number one thing, of course, is fear. We need to free ourselves of fear, anger, depression. It's time to leave those behind and put them down and free ourselves. It's time for us to move on. It's time for us to understand that we have rights and we must step forward and grab them and take them and use them for the good of all human beings. I'm now giving the message I was in the prison talking to brothers in there and telling them I'm going to invite you to free your mind and to free your spirit for the good of human beings, for the good of Mother Earth, because I know you're going to be here for a while. I know that. So I wanted to bring this message to you. I was telling this to the prisoners about freeing themselves. Use this opportunity to free yourself. You know, there's many benefits to this topic. You know, all of a sudden, when we start to do this, we can start to reach our full potential. Whatever that is, if you're going to be an artist, you're going to be a parent, you're going to be a brother or a sister, a family member or an artist, whatever it is. Because as long as you're carrying the negative energy, it's going to stop you in your tracks. Because we are formed by the way we think our life is formed as we live it if we're carrying old negativity with us. I know that's true because Sahilthit, myself, that's what was happening in my life. And I started to, when I started to deal with that, I started to experience this personal worth the Jerry is worth something. The Jerry's here for something. He's good at, he can be good at things. And I started to be happy, to have happiness in my life. Because, you know, I grew up with that. Those 
illusions that were created for us as First Nations people, that there's something wrong with us. The fancy word that they use is they pathologize us. That means that we have an, a unique indigenous sickness that would make us prone to addictions or violence or seemingly not caring. That's totally not true. Totally. We are capable of meeting life's challenges, each and every one of us, when we make the commitment to do this, when we sit down and look at ourselves and start to map out what we want to change in our life. When I started to look at myself truthfully and to see the things that were becoming barriers to my life, because there was no one telling me, Jerry, you cannot do that. They weren't telling me it's, a, it's against the law to practice ceremony to wear regalia. That it was against the law for me to go to school or to do any things that some of our ancestors went through. That's no longer there. But I was still carrying that way of thinking and I needed to free myself. And by freeing myself, I started to get what they call empowerment. I started to realize my own power. And I started to want to take control of my future, of my life at the moment I was living it, I wanted to start to take control of it. Because I realized that there were other people out there that would be happy if they can control Jerry's mind. And I put it in my mind that I'm gonna free myself of those people. Then you might ask, who are those people? You know, it took me a long time to figure that out, who those people were. And they're actually historical figures of the king and the queens of Europe were sending people here to take over. And they're the ones that were saying, we need to, there's a problem there. Those people are a problem. We must deal with it. You know, and I think of carrying those old sentiments of those people, that there's something wrong with those people because they do not know Christ for that simple reason and they don't speak English or French or Portuguese or Spanish. That there's something wrong with them. That is a sentiment of a few people, believe me. Not everybody in Europe was thinking that way. They didn't even know we existed in 1492, in the 1500s, and 1600s, you know. So I had to look at myself and look at history and start to look at the areas I'm going to free myself from. So I could learn to accept myself as a Statlium man, Schaich. I'm Statlium Schaich. 
I have to start to accept that. That I'm not an Indian. I'm not a stupid Indian or a crazy or a drunken Indian. Because it's so unfortunate I absorbed those messages when I was younger and I became those things. That myth. And that's what I'm talking about when I say Jerry has been on the road to freeing himself now for a while. I coined this, um, this phrase to describe myself at times and I say, you know, I'm still recovering from post-colonial stress disorder. Because a colonial way of thinking was that I was a stupid Indian. I'm a savage, I'm a pagan. And I'm a drunk. That is a colonial message. That's what I must free myself of. Because I am none of those descriptions of the indigenous male. I am not that. So I accept myself today as Statlium. And those post-colonial things still creep in on Jerry. When I look back, when I look back at my life today, I can remember the times that I isolated myself in my own community or out about in the world. I did because I didn't know that was that's not my identity. Statlium people don't do that. Statlium people accept that we're part of a family, we're part of a clan, we're part of a people. It's against Statlium principles to isolate yourself, you know, because of mental health issues or addictions issues or any of those things. That I'm to find help to free myself of whatever hurt me. That it's my responsibility to do that, otherwise I'll become a burden to my own family, to my community. That was Statlium way, I'm convinced of it, was that we were taught how to free ourselves of fear, anger, or depression, because we weren't doing anyone any good if we stayed that way. Year, you know, years ago I learned that real anger is in the moment when you get angry. Somebody hurts your feelings and you get angry. That's real, true anger. But if the next day you're still saying you're angry about that, that's not true anymore. You're carrying it and you're holding it in you and you're, and some people even make it grow and grow and grow and you think you're getting angrier, but you just, that original anger happened yesterday or even 10 years ago or longer. I was told that's not real anger and I buy into that. It's something we're carrying around and we want to, because we want revenge. There's a way that they describe what happens when people get angry. They say, first off, they get silent. 
you know, that uh, go to silence. The silence might be just a second or two, or five minutes, or a day, or two days, or years. And while you're silent, you're trying to figure out how to attack that person that hurt you. And that's not healthy. That's not statlium way. And they say, then you get devious. That means you're like the devil. And the Christians say that, that you're going to find a way to get even with that person, and it's an evil way of thinking. When you put those three letters together, you know, silent, attack, and devious, it's spelled sad. Then it's a sad day, it's a sad life if that's what you're doing when someone hurts you and you get angry. So my belief today is that Statlium people before contact learned how to free themselves from those things happen. Because it happens. There's no getting away from it. Every human being will get angry when they get hurt feelings or someone punches us or attacks us violently. We well get hurt, then we well attack, and we'll get devious of how we're going to do that. That's not good. And one of the simple reasons for that is there are many eyes watching you when you're going through this. And the important ones here to me are the children because they're going to learn from you. They're going to become your echo. They're going to become your reflection when they grow up, and that's how they're going to deal with anger. So we must teach them how to free themselves of anger or fear or depression. That is a critical teaching for our youngsters and for ourselves. I, when I started on this road to free myself, one of the first steps was first off to take a good, honest look at myself and then to make a statement of accountability of what I was doing to cause harm for Jerry, like drinking, for instance, and doing drugs you know, not freeing myself of negative thoughts. I had hate for other human beings because of their beliefs or just who they were or their color. You know, that was, that was harming people and myself too. I make a statement of accountability today on this podcast to let you know that I... When I freed myself, I changed, and people change around me, too, just because Jerry is more positive. The teachers and healers that watch me grow, one of them comes to me and says, You know, Jerry, I know you're on the healing path. There's another step you need to take. 
to complete your healing. Because I quit drinking, I quit doing drugs, I'm doing ceremony, you know, I'm sweat lodge, I'm burning medicine, I'm making tea, I'm bathing, brushing myself off with cedar branches, with juniper, with fur, you know, using the medicines our people use. And because I was there, I thought, I'm okay. One of my teachers says, you know, Jerry, your healing will go farther when you forgive those that hurt you. And I resisted that. As soon as I heard it, I say, no, no. Why should I forgive the people that hurt me? I didn't do a thing. Because I was uh, indoctrinated into Roman Catholicism, I thought that to forgive means to turn your other cheek and let them hit you on the other side. You know, that's probably not even a Roman Catholic belief, but I sort of figured that out in my head. That's what it is, you know. So it's dangerous sometimes for us to accept some of our thoughts as truth. But... So I didn't forgive those people that hurt me right away in a residential school. The people that hurt me there were the ones in the day school. It wasn't until I understood what forgiveness really means, for Jerry anyway. I'll just say this is for Jerry because I, I don't want to think for you. Because I looked it up in a dictionary and the word forgive means to let go. It's a verb, it's an action. When I read those words, it's like a light went off in my brain. And I said, I forgive you. It means I'm letting you go, I'm not carrying you around no more. And that's part of a process because I had to carry on and even do more around forgiveness. You listened to maybe some of my podcasts, I went to Europe to forgive the Roman Catholic Church in Rome. I went to England to forgive the Queen and all her subjects. I started to actively look for ways to heal myself, to free myself, so that forgiveness is, it's true for me, that it freed me. I started to have freedom, and when you have freedom, you start to have this sense of peace, this sense of joy and happiness. I can remember days of my life walking in the sun, and there's beautiful mountains, because we live in a beautiful country called Canada. There's lakes, there's forests, there's mountains, there's rivers, there's ponds, you know, and it's beautiful. And I knew it was beautiful, but I could not feel it. And that would even, you know, trigger more depression in me. But once I started to free myself 
by doing ceremony and talking to people that would listen to me about what's going on with me, this freedom started to come to me. I started to learn how to set realistic goals for Jerry, something that I can actually do. And one of them was to quit drinking. That's a realistic goal. We all can do that. And I knew it wasn't part of our culture. Our people never drank. We never had alcohol. That made it a bit easier for me to stop drinking. I never ever want to give the impression through my talks that things are easy. Believe me, stopping drinking for Jerry was a tough road. Or stopping even smoking cigarettes doing drugs, swearing. It wasn't until I started to accept those are the colonial ways that it started to even set deeper into me that that's not statlium. I'm going to free myself from these ways because it's not doing Jerry any good. You'll notice listening to my podcast, I talk about Jerry because I want to use myself as an example. as an echo, as a reflection of us as a people. I started to take risks by telling people how I feel, by accepting compliments. That may sound silly, but I was like that. You know, people would say, oh, Jerry, you're good. Uh, you look good or whatever. And I'd say, no, 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 in my mind. You know, and then I, I started taking risks and I started to say, hey, thank you. I started to accept those compliments. I was so used to negative messaging of stupidity. You're not good enough. You're not indigenous enough. Because we do that to each other too, we have to admit it. You know, I'm so happy today, and I feel blessed by the elders that taught me, and they're gone, they're in the spirit world now. But they were kind, gentle, generous teachers. Wonderful sense of humor. Never complained, but were more say, okay, what are we gonna do about it? Yeah, that's a problem. What shall we do? What are you going to do, more importantly? And they're the ones that role modeled for me. Free yourself. Free yourself from negativity. Free yourself from fear and anger and depression. As long as you stay there, you're not doing anyone any good. I had those teachers, and I'm so glad. And I wanted to share that with you. And in some way, maybe become your teacher. When we 
do these things, we start to have appreciation for ourselves, for people that cook food for us, for people that help us, for people that are with us just for company, or when we're grieving or having a hard time, we start to learn how to appreciate them by letting them know, hey, thank you, bro. Hey, thank you, sister. I want to thank you for being here. That appreciation is a good part about freeing yourself. You know, when you appreciate others, you're affirming, you're letting them know how good they are and how much you appreciate them. And that's a good thing. You know, I learned to take responsibility for my decisions. Of course, I still make mistakes, but I take responsibility for that today if I do. And I want to see how I can correct it. And first off is to admit it. And admitting mistakes is one of the ways of freeing yourself so that you can be a strong member of the circle. So when you go through this journey of living, being a human being, and you learn the art of free yourself, you are also giving strength to others. You're helping them to be strong. You know, and especially our children, this role modeling of this way of life is we're empowering them and giving them authority over their life to understand that they have authority, they make up their mind. Because I know there are people out there that want the minds of our children. They want them, They want all our children to um, drink Red Bull, for instance, or wear a certain kind of clothes. That's people wanting the minds of our children. I went through that. They wanted my mind. You know, when people want your mind, they go after it because for some people out there, it means money. It means you're going to buy a certain kind of clothes, you're going to do certain things, and you're going to pay them money to do it. When I freed myself of that, I pick up the hand drum and feel totally comfortable playing the hand drum and chanting. And it helps more in the process to free myself and to feel good about myself, being stetlium, being indigenous. So I come to a time now, it's time to uplift the indigenous spirit. You know, to find joy in life. Rather than, you know, the drudgery and the stuff that we hear, the negativity. Because it's out there. Yes, we have a hard life because of colonization. But let's, let's not pick at that all the time like a scab in our skin. 
Let's free ourselves from that move ahead. And one day, when there's enough of us, I believe, when we think like us, there'll be a critical mean of indigenous people that know how to free themselves. And then they become like minds and they come together, then we can go for justice and find ways to get absolute fairness for indigenous people. But one at a time being angry is not going to happen, or even if there's 10 of us angry. I don't believe it's going to happen because I've watched that over the years. I was part of the movement, you know, of marching and doing those things, and they they done good for me. I felt empowered. But I still don't see a change in some of our things that are going on with our lives. When I freed myself over the years, because it's a process. I keep, like today, I still need to free myself. And sometimes I carry things and then I say, oh, time to stop, time to do a ceremony, time to talk to somebody, free yourself, Jerry. You know, so this is a process. It's step by step. And we learn the steps. So, you know, you might ask why free yourself? Why do this self-empowerment work? And one of the reasons is to break through self-imposed limitations. When we stop ourselves from reaching our potential. When we don't finish schooling, when we don't do a good job, we're limiting ourselves. And when you free yourself, you start to break those old habits and patterns. When you start to free yourself, you overcome the fears that stopped you before, that stopped Jerry. I started to overcome those fears that stopped Jerry because they did stop me from growing, from developing, from reaching my potential. I started to develop new strength. I started to learn to use the affirmations, affirmations, and I would say things over and over and over again to defeat the negativity that was in my brain. I started running as medicine. And I'd say to myself, because I was doing long distance running, each step I get stronger, each step I get stronger, each day I get stronger. I was freeing myself from being lazy and unmotivated. And I beat it and I would run six days a week. And that's what I'm saying in my mind as I'm running. Each day I get stronger. Each step I get stronger. And I start to watch my diet. And I start to learn how to breathe. And I started to feel exhilaration. You know, I grew up being exhilarated, being drunk or stoned. That's not true exhilaration. You know, you're deadening yourself when you do that. 
But when you feel real exhilaration from personal success, now that's a good feeling. I remember one of the examples of me experiencing exhilaration and joy and a sense of wonder. My late uncle built a, built a sweat lodge down the lake, and he says, hey, nephew, come down. And I remember it was wintertime, and I went down, there's ice by the lake, and the stars were out, and my uncle wasn't there, but the fire was blazing, and it was beautiful to hear that crackling fire and see his rocks in there getting red. Then my uncle comes walking down the trail with a great big arm full of fir boughs. And he says, hey, nephew, make the floor. And I know what he's talking about because we used to line the floor of our tent with boughs and weave them together and become our mattress. So I go to the sweat lodge and I weave the boughs on the floor. And he puts all the rocks in there. You can smell that fir tree. Smelled so good and felt so good. Then the heat had us, and I go, "Oh man, I'm suffering! I'm suffering!" And uh, I remember going out. He opened the door, and I went out. And for some reason, I put on my boots because <laughs> it was so hot. I got disoriented. And I was walking towards the lake because I was going to go in the lake. He says, you guys go on the lake and cool down. And there's ice by the edge, and I put on my boots, and I stopped. And I said, oh, I have to take my boots off. And I took off my boots, and I went into the lake and submerged myself. And I, I, my body core was so hot, and my skin was so hot in the top of my head, I couldn't, it's like I couldn't feel the cold, except my feet. I dunked myself four times and I walked out of the lake and I was standing on the beach beside the fire and I looked up and I could see the Milky Way above us. And it looked like they're moving in one way like a road. And I felt this incredible feeling of serenity and peace and exhilaration because I stopped thinking. I freed myself of thinking of because that's what I spent a lot of time thinking, insecure thoughts, you know, all kinds of things. And I looked at my uncle, and I said, Uncle, you mean I've been smoking pot and drinking all these years to feel good? I said, none of it feels like this. And he looks at me, and he's sort of nodding and smiling. I freed myself. It was such a wonderful feeling. I can just visualize that as I'm telling you this little story. How ceremony helped me. And from there, I start to strive for even greater heights for Jerry and his personal development. Not about getting wealthy. Not about recognition was to develop myself for the people. That's what my uncle was about. That's what my teachers were about. We're here for the people. And that's why they taught, they were teaching, and they lived a way of freeing yourself. 
from that, we start to develop that I can do this attitude. I can do it. You know, because I grew up thinking I cannot do this. I was insecure, what they call insecure. I was a perfectionist. If it's not perfect, I'm not going to do it. Because I was shamed. People shamed me for being indigenous. People shamed me for the color of my skin. And if I made a mistake, in their presence, they would hit me when I was a child. That developed this perfectionist attitude in Jerry. And once I freed myself of that, I went to greater heights. And it was beautiful. And it's beautiful today. And also, by just these, what I'm telling you, I finally started to learn the value of teamwork, that we do this together. That Jerry couldn't have learned to free himself all by himself. I had to have elders tell me. Very few times I say have to or had to, but this is one of those times that Jerry could not do it all by himself. Some of you might say, oh yeah, you can, <laughs> you know, but you don't know Jerry. Jerry needed those guys to stand beside him and those aunties and uncles. Let him know he's okay. I remember the welcome home ceremony we'd done in one of our communities and my aunties were there. And I walked through the door in the hall and they say, welcome home, Jerry. Your home now is safe, Jerry, you're okay. And I remember I broke down and wept to hear that message, you're okay. You're not in a residential school anymore, Jerry. And I, when I wept, I freed myself. I let go. You know, so that teamwork of my aunties, they're my elder cousins, they're women, so I call them auntie, helped me to free myself. And I thank them today. I don't know if they knew the impact they had on me. But the important thing is that I freed myself so I'm now good for other human beings and for the Mother Earth. From there, Jerry started to live Statlium way about the power of love. And remember, love is a commitment, this firm commitment that I'm going to care and I'm going to help you and I'm going to take care of myself. You don't have to worry about me. That's a commitment. And I'm going to help you and I'm going to be there for you. That's a commitment to another human being. That power of love. When you do that, then the warm, good feelings come constantly. When you fully commit yourself to another human being. The way our mothers did and were born. Most of us, some of us became, you know, orphans and we were quite babies yet. But still there is somebody that carry you, 
Somebody held you in their arms and committed to you. So I start to live that power of love. It's in degrees, it doesn't happen all at once, so don't worry, don't panic. You develop this over time. Everything's a process. Because the other side way of living from the power of love is a love of power. I really encourage you to think about this and not to go there, not to fall in love with power because you're making a commitment to have power over other human beings. And that's not right. The only behavior we can change in life is ourself. I cannot change your behavior, how you act and how you live. I can inspire you and I hope I do. The only behavior I can really change is the behavior of Sahilthit, of Jerry Oldman. And I've done that by freeing myself. And there's, there's areas I probably still have to free. There is guaranteed that I need to learn to free myself from. After I went through this process of healing, I learned to keep busy. Working, recreating, sleeping, resting, you know. I learned to do that in a good way. You know, because I had wonderful parents and teachers, I learned one of the most wonderful gifts I can give is encouragement, to encourage other human beings to be good to free themselves, to start to think in these terms. If I talk to my grandchildren, my nephews and nieces and cousins, I say, let's, let's learn to be statlium 24-7. And what does statlium mean? Being respectful, being loving, being honest, you know, taking care of our body, mind, and spirit. You know, doing all of these things the way Statlium were before contact. My mother and father encouraged us to help other people because they were traditional people. And I might have told you a story, but I'll tell it again. You know, I can remember my brother and I going by this old man's house. And I didn't know he was our relative. And he's trying to cut his wood. He must be over 70, you know, and he had a hard time to move around. And my mother says when I get home, you guys get your axes and go cut, cut his wood for him and stack it up in his woodshed, fill it up. So my brother and I picked up our axes and we're going, and she says, and you guys don't take money from him because he's our relative. So we went and we cut his wood, splitting his wood and stacking it in his woodshed. And we finish, and we're leaving, and the old man comes to the door, and, hey, boys, calling us over to him. And he reached out with his shaky hand, and he had five dollars in there. Here, boys. And I told him, our mother said we cannot take money from you because you're our cousin. We're supposed to do this. You're our relative. 
You know, that was a good day. I felt his gratitude. I could see it in his eyes. That's a Stetlium way to help people. You know that the mind grows by what it's fed. What I'm feeding you today is mainly Statlium principles. That means what's number one for Statlium from Jerry's view. And it's about being respectful, never giving up, helping, listening, encouraging. Most of all, taking care of yourself for the simple reason when you do that, others will not worry about you. So I'm asking, or suggesting, let's say that, I'm suggesting to you that you improve your situation by taking action. You start to learn the gifts of listening, really listening, because when you really listen to someone talking to you, you're showing them respect. If someone's talking to you and you're texting and doing stuff on your phone, you're not really listening. So you learn that gift of listening and there are gonna be people there for you, guaranteed. You learn the gift of affection that means sharing good feelings with people, then they'll give them back to you. There's nothing better than getting a hug from your relative or hear a relative say to you, hey, uncle, I love you. Because I've heard that, no, it just makes my heart feel warm. That's a gift of affection. Then we learn the gift of real laughter. Indigenous people good good at laughing and making each other laugh and telling jokes. You know, I think that's one of being one of our saving graces because, you know, colonization is ugly. Residential school was ugly. Res life can be ugly. Racism is ugly. But somehow we learn to survive this, and part of it, I believe, is laughter. I'll give you an example. I was at the residential school, and my kid brother was there, and, and I only see him, I think... That one year, three times in one year, which is amazing, because they separated us. Anyway, we'd tease each other in residential school, and to, we'd say things, and to let them know we're joking, we'd go, hey, you know, and that's how we were given the signal, hey, I'm only joking, bro. Anyway, I was walking by to the soccer field, I was going to go for a run. And I go around the corner, and I'm walking towards the field, and I hear someone say, Hey, Tuan Face! And Tuan is wind-dried salmon in my language, and it's cut in uh, ways that it looks like wrinkles, I guess you could say. And that's what my, my and I look at my kid brother, Brad. Hey, Tuan Face! And I got angry, and I started running towards him, and he goes, Hey! <laughs> and he runs away, and I stop, and I start laughing. He's joking around. So you learn about the value of that gift of laughter and you start to cultivate it and help people with it. You know, and there's a gift too to written messages. 
You can write poetry for your loved ones, stories, letters. You know, I really encourage you to do that. I know a lot of you on social media. Put it in your mind. All my messages are going to be positive. They're going to encourage people, build people up. I really encourage you to do that because that's a gift. Learn the gift of doing favors for everyone without expecting anything. Because it'll come back to you. That's what one of my aunties said. Jerry, you do good things for people, it'll come back to you. And don't worry if it's a big circle before it comes back to you, but it's going to come back. So you put it in your mind you're going to do favors for your friends and relatives without expectation. And then people will do things for you too unexpectedly, and that feels so good. And also I'd like to encourage you to use the gift of solitude as healing. That you learn to go into the forest or by the river or the big rock. And if you're grieving, let your tears go and let nature help you take care of it. That kind of solitude. Or to go there and sit in silence, just in appreciation. There's a spruce tree in the back of my yard, and I go sit sometimes and lean against it and just be thankful. I love the smell of trees. And I'll sit there, it's beside my sweat lodge. And it just feels so strong, so supportive. So it's okay to be by yourself, but with intentions of growing and healing and freeing yourself. So use that gift of solitude. And finally, you know, the gift of what I think a lot of elders done with me was the gift of good cheer and encouragement. Saying things like, don't give up. Yeah, you made a mistake, but do it over again. You'll get it right eventually. You know, role modeling was a big part of my teaching from my elders. They showed me by their actions and their words how to be. So, this freeing yourself allows you to have influence in how your life's going to unfold. If you carry things and hold them close to you and collect all those things that can make you angry, we'll see it in your eyes and we'll hear it in your voice. And it's like a poison for you. And we'll feel it too. So you free yourself from that. And your expressions of self-worth will come out. And people will want to be with you. They'll want to eat with you. Play cribbage. You know, do all of those things. And I think we need to go to more of that myself. And I need to go to more of that. Because if we don't do these things, we're going to lower our expectations. That's, that's true. You know, please, all you young people, don't lower your expectations. Take advantage of education if you have a chance for it. Of good work. Prove to them you're a good worker. That you're working for the value that they're giving you and the beyond. 
That's indigenous way. If we do not free ourselves, at times we can become passive and not care. And that's not good either. We must be action-oriented people. In a positive way, that's being indigenous. You know, it took me a long time because of the inferior messaging that came from colonization to accept and believe that Jerry's not inferior. I'm not. I'm just as good. I have the same good goodness to offer as other people do. I'm not less than anyone. And that I deserve goodness. It took me a while to get my head around this one, too. I used to feel a little bit off when I drive a good car or have good clothes, you know. But I deserve goodness, as you do. We all deserve goodness in our life, and we should look for it for ourselves and our children and our relatives. So, we start to develop habits of freeing yourself and empowering yourself. It begins in our mind and how we talk to ourselves. And we have positive messaging to ourselves that, hey, I'm a good statsium man. Then your behavior shows that how I behave. I behave like a good statsium man. I'm respectful. I listen. I have affection. I have good laughter, not mean. You know, I help others. So I need these habits to maintain this way of life now that I'm in. I need to develop good habits. And part of that is patience. I need to have patience. And I need to recognize when I need help and find it. You know, and to, you know, those beautiful teachings of respect and love and knowledge and generosity, all of those things I need to have, make those habits. so I can maintain this good way of life. And, uh, you know, with this podcast, I wanted to, in some way, and it's because it's for myself too, to create this burning desire to be healthy, to be sound in mind, body, and spirit. If I let negativity stay in my brain, not free myself of it, I'm going to become a negative person. If I'm not careful what I put in my body, if I put toxins in my body, I'm, my body is going to be unhealthy. So I have to be careful what I put in my body. And my spirit, what keeps me alive, gift from my mom and dad, I must maintain and have good habits for my spirit. 
I don't know how many years now. I do my best to have, I, I try, I attempt to have a sweat every Sunday. Sometimes I couldn't, I couldn't the last two Sundays because my sweat lodge was flooded in Manitoba because there's lots of snow and it started melting and there was water in my sweat lodge. So I just burn medicine and meditate. When I, I had to find ways to take care of my mind, my body, and my spirit. How to free myself of things that are influencing it that might give me bad habits. So that's what I do today. And I want to close by telling you, you know, you have goodness in you. You're born with goodness. And some people have interfered with our lives. And we must free ourselves of them. We must not let people own us. When people can get you angry by pushing buttons, they own you. If people stop you from getting to education, they own you. If you live an addicted life, somebody owns you. The ones that are selling the booze and the drugs to you, they own you. I know they owned me when I was in that life. You want to be free. Set yourself free. Look for freedom. You're the one that can free yourself. So I wanted to come to you today on this podcast. I've been thinking about this podcast, you know, because it... I, you know, I, I often look at myself and wonder, what's one of the biggest things that helped me in my healing road? And I know this is one of them. I learned to free myself. Because I used to think, I wished, I wished people would free me. <laughs> you know, it's like wishing somebody would do the work for me, Jerry's work. Which is cowardly in a way. You know, I have to take the bull by the horns. That's what my dad and my uncles used to say. Take the bull by the horns, you know, and just get in there and do it. You know, that's what they're saying. That I, I finally start to do that in my life. And it's good. So you remember out there in, uh, listening in the air, we can do what I cannot do. that this is a good life when we live with good habits and that we have a purpose and that's the meaning of life is to find your purpose and your gifts and to use it to help other people that's a true meaning of life and uh, someone told me that and I believe them and I pass that message on because we're supposed to pass teachings on traditionally. Give them away. Put the teachings in the air because that's where they come from. I know some people will disagree with me. That's human. But what I'm telling you today is from Jerry's heart, from what I've seen and what I've heard and what I've experienced, what I've lived. 
So what I've told you today about freeing myself is what I've gone through. And I know there's still things I need to learn about freeing myself, but I'm happy how far it's taken me until today. So I want to wish you, you know, on your time today, that you free yourself. Because the opposite of freedom is being locked up, being a prisoner. And you don't want to imprison yourself. I used to put myself in anger jail, self-pity jail. You know, and that's not a good jail to be in. That's why I wanted to talk to you today about freeing yourself. Because we do at times put ourselves in those places. I have. And if I have, I know some of you may have. So you take, a ch take time to look at yourself. What I'd encourage you to do after this podcast is take a piece of paper and write down three things you'd like to change about yourself as an affirmation. Because change is the beginning of wellness and healing. Then write down three things you'd like to change about your family. Because family is everything. And I know it's hard to heal from these things. But it can be done. I'm on that road and it's hard for me to repair mistakes I made. Some of them cannot be repaired. But remember, we have the ability and the duty and the responsibility to change ourselves, to free ourselves. So when we meet another human being, in a sense, we're clean, we're clear. That's a goal. That's an objective. Those are the steps that we take to get that goal. So, in a way, I'm providing you with a means or an opportunity to do this. So I'm hoping it makes sense to you, you know. <laughs> you know, this business of freeing yourself, it's a, it's a good message. And I for sure don't want, you want people to think it's easy. Because one of the human things that we do is we beat ourselves up in our own mind. You know, and we stop ourselves from growing by beating ourselves up. One of the clearest times I heard this message was with this residential school survivor. And he was telling the group, he says, you know, you don't have to beat me up. I beat myself up in my own mind enough. And I clicked in and connected with this man because I was doing exactly the same thing. Beating myself up. So when you free yourself, you'll find over time that you stop beating yourself up in your mind, like, oh, I'm such a loser, or why can't I do that? It seems so easy, because that's how I used to talk to myself. Oh, you're such a loser, you can't even man up. 
You know, you're not even talking about this to those people that you're angry with and things. You're such a coward. You know, that's some of the negative messages I used to give to myself. And that's one of the benefits of freeing yourself. That self-talk starts to disappear and go by the side. Every once in a while, it wants to come back, but then you chase it away. We can do that. There's a time in my life I literally, when the negative stinking thinking comes, I would sometimes have to say out loud, stop. And I'm talking to myself. Stop it, Jerry, don't do that anymore. You know, because our mind is powerful. Don't ever forget that. Our mind is very powerful. So it can keep you locked up or it can free you. So I'm encouraged you to take the road to freedom. Take that path of freedom, and it's called the healing road. It's called the indigenous way. You take that path, and your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren have a way to follow. But then, of course, we must go tell them. You know, so it's this life sometimes feels complex and complicated, but sometimes it's as simple as us taking a risk, being vulnerable, being courageous, being steadily um, our Okanagan, our Silk, our Carrier or Shushwap, or Jalkotan, or Cree, or Dene, any of those beautiful nations in this country. We all come from beautiful people, and I'll keep reminding you of that. And one of their biggest gifts was freedom. So let's go to that way. Let's be free. Let's help each other to freedom. And our biggest prison is in our mind. Let's break that prison apart and be free. Thank you. I'll see you. I'll hear you again or talk to you again another time. Bye-bye.